0: Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farrakh.
1: Your weakness is you think everyone's honest because you are one who is honest. Your weakness is that nobody could be that evil because you yourself are pure. And I'm telling you, it could cost you your life. Literally. Be careful, Gedaliah. We love you, but be careful, because that's how it will end for you.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Jeremiah. No matter how good or hopeful you imagine that the world can be as you do your part to help it be closer to that image, you have to remember that there are evil people in the world, too. Pastor J.D. is going to caution you today to be on guard against the evils that are in the world and to stay faithful to God. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah chapter 39 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: They want to kill you. They want to depopulate. This is evil through and through. And you don't believe it? Because to you, your world doesn't allow for that. No, I I don't believe. I trust this guy. You trust him? Oh, do you trust the science Did I take it too far? I probably did. I'll find out soon enough. (laughs) So will you too, by the way. But whatever, whatever, it's true. This is Ishmael. The name alone, by the way, associated with the flesh, that should tell you something right there. This guy is so evil, and we're going to see the unthinkable evil, the unspeakable evil that he is going to mete out as he murders this. Ignorant and naive Gedaliah. Chapter 41. Yeah? Oh, you have little faith. <laughs> now, verse 1 It came to pass in the seventh month that Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, the son of Elishama, of the royal family, there it is, and of the officers of the king. By the way, he probably had. Bitterness and resentment feeling slighted that he wasn't set as governor over Judah instead of Gedaliah he's not royal he's not of the lineage of David I am you're appointing him well he came with ten men to Gedaliah the son of Ahikam at Mizpah and there they ate bread together in Mizpah. Now, I need to insert here something very important. In the Middle East in that day, and certainly to this day, when you eat at the table with someone and break bread with someone, it is an intimate bonding with someone who now you are loyal to for life unto death. So for him to do this this way, he is at Gedaliah's home, and he's breaking bread with him. And it's supposed to be a common union, communion. We're one together, breaking bread together. It's a common union together. Then, verse 2, Ishmael, the son of Nathaniah. And the ten men who were with him arose and struck Gedaliah the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, with the sword, and killed him whom the king of Babylon had made governor over the land. Doesn't get any more evil than that. Ishmael, verse 3, also struck down all the Jews who were with him, that is with Gedaliah at Mizpah and the Chaldeans, who were found there, the men of war. And it happened, verse 4, On the second day after he had killed Gedaliah, when as yet no one knew it, that certain men came from Shechem, from Shiloh and from Samaria, 80 men with their beards shaved and their clothes torn, having cut themselves with offerings and incense in their hand to bring them to the house of the Lord. This was a display of mourning. It was unnecessary, but it was a display of mourning and an offering there because of the destruction now of Judah. Now Ishmael, verse 6. This is hard to read, let alone teach. Now Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, went out from Mizpah to meet them weeping as he went along. Really? And it happened as he met them, that he said to them, Come to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam. So it was, verse 7, when they came into the midst of the city, that Ishmael, the son of Nathaniah, killed them and cast them into the midst of a pit. He and the men who were with them, but ten, now you got eighty, Minus 10. That means he killed 70 of the 80. But 10 men were found among them who said to Ishmael, Do not kill us, for we have treasures of wheat, barley, oil, and honey in the field. So he desisted and did not kill them among their brethren. Now, the pit, verse 9, Into which Ishmael had cast all the dead bodies of the men whom he had slain because of Gedaliah, it was the same one as Asa, the king, had made for fear of Baasha, king of Israel. Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, filled it with the slain. That's a seemingly, at first read, a detail that you've got to wonder about and why it was included. I have a thought on that. I think what God is wanting us to see here is the extent to which the evil of man. Can go. There is no limit. It is uncontrolled, unchecked, unbridled evil. Just the imagery again, with the detail. You've got this pit that we're told that King Asa had built and made, and this Ishmael fills it with no less than seventy of these men. That's a lot of bodies. Again, I don't mean to be so graphic. I just want you to get a picture in your mind. Verse 10, Then Ishmael carried away captive all the rest of the people who were in Mizpah, the king's daughters and all the people who remained in Mizpah, whom Zaradan, the captain of the guard, had committed to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, And Ishmael... The son of Nethaniah carried them away captive and departed to go over to the Ammonites. But when Jehanan, the son of Kareya and all the captains of the forces that were with him heard of all the evil that Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, had done, they took all the men, verse 12, and went to fight with Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah. Get him! Kill him! Is that bad? Just wanted to add that. And they found him by the great pool that is in Gibeon. So it was, verse 13, when all the people who were with Ishmael saw Jahanan, the son of Kareya, and all the captains of the forces who were with him, that they were glad. Then all the people, verse 14, whom Ishmael had carried away captive from Mispah, turned around and came back and went to Jehanan the son of Kareya. But, Verse 15, Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, escaped from Jehanan with eight men and went to the Ammonites. Oh, how I wish verse 15 didn't read that way. I would have much rather had verse 15 read something like this. Then, not but, then Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, was hung up by his fingernails. Okay, I won't, I won't take it any further. I think you get the picture. Pray for me. But it doesn't say that. <laughs> so, I love Jeremiah. I mean, no, I do. I will tell you, and here's why. Here's why. Let me explain why. Um, first of all, I love Jeremiah. I think you do too, right? What I mean, what a mighty man of God. Oh, would to God that there were more Jeremiah's, Faithfully, for 40 years, all that he went through. Oh, I just, I love this man. I love this man. But there's another man here that I don't love. (laughs) His name is Ishmael. And I just, in my preparation, I start by reading it, and I pray, and I read it again. I read it several times before I even start, you know, preparing the study, the teaching. So I'm really, I I put myself in the passage. I put myself there. I want you to know, I've been to Judah. I've seen those Chaldeans. I know what they look like. They're mean and ugly, by the way, just so you know. I mean, I put myself there. I was actually in that room with Zedekiah and Jeremiah when Zedekiah came that close. I didn't really want to be around when Zedekiah got his eyes, you know, actually just I was somewhere else at that time, but I put myself there. Because this really happened, right? This is something, and this is a thing, by the way, when we read the Word of God, especially an Old Testament, (laughs) because after all, isn't the Old Testament old? Yeah, yeah, it's really old. It's uh, as new as new can be in terms of its application to you and me. So I'm there, and I'm putting myself there, and I'm just going, wow, man. And, And I'm watching this Ishmael guy. What a i to be careful here. Dirty, slimy. I'm, and he gets away. And I'm like, God, why did you let him get away? Why didn't you let Jahanan kill him? What's up with this? As I'm still reading, studying, I'm searching the scriptures. By the way, I'll save you the time. I searched high and low, far and wide. I could not find anywhere where the name Ishmael, this Ishmael, is ever mentioned again. Well, as you might imagine, that really added to my my rage. I'm like, God, why isn't there a record of what happened to this guy, how it ended for this guy? I want to know. In fact, I'd like to know ahead of time, because I want to be there when it does. I want to watch it happen. I want, again is that bad? (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm just being honest with you. I want this guy to get what he deserves. I want in the end to have him get what he should get in the end. And I couldn't find how it ended for him. I'm inquiring of the Lord. That sounds very pastoral, right? That's not right. I was complaining, murmuring, Sort of arguing with the... Questioning, okay? Is that okay? Questioning. Lord, what in the world? What happened to him? What a cliffhanger. Why didn't you tell us? First of all, you let him get away. Now, I could understand it. I could deal with it. I could work through it. If a couple chapters later, we hear how it ends for this guy, but no, nothing. Nada. Zilch. Zero. Why? couple thoughts. First of all, well, let me preface it this way. You can be rest assured that he, in the end, was recompensed according to all the evil that he had done. That's a fact. That's the truth. Now, God in his sovereignty and (laughs) wisdom deemed it unnecessary to record for us, really for me, I should probably speak for myself, guys who really want to know the details of what happened to this guy. But God deemed it unnecessary to include that. But here's the reason I believe that we're left with this open-ended question of how did it end for this ugly guy, this evil man, Ishmael. Could it be that it's because the Ishmaels of this world are alive and well today? Let that sink in. I mean, I would love nothing more than to have the final chapter in the book of this guy's life. But again, God deemed it unnecessary to include that, and I think it has a lot to do with this one simple truth. He wants us to know that this kind of evil Ishmael is still around. The evil, alive and well today. And as we just talked about, I'm sad to say, dare I say, that Ishmael is, the evil of this Ishmael is being perpetrated on mankind in real time in this world today. It's so unbelievable, I Miss, mean, It's so hard to believe. By unbelievable I mean, in this again, in all fairness to Gedaliah, you know, Paul writing the Titus said, to the pure all things are pure, and to the corrupt all things are corrupt. Meaning that when you're innocent like that, and pure like that, you see people through that lens. So when you're a Gedaliah, and all things are pure, and you're innocent, there's this purity and this innocence, and you're confronted with an Ishmael, you tend to, though at great peril to him and us, we tend to view them through the lens of our innocent purity. And conversely, if you're a pathological liar, guess what? Everyone is a pathological liar. To the corrupt, everyone is corrupt. So if I'm someone who is honest, I'm going to naturally default in assuming that you too are like me, honest. Are you with me? This is a very important principle. I'm going somewhere with this, so please bear with me. But if I'm a liar, a pathological liar, and I'm talking to someone, I am going to look at them and assume that they are like me, a liar. They're not being truthful with me. So to the pure, all things are pure. To the corrupt, all things are corrupt. Now how does that apply to what we're experiencing in the world today? And this is, by the way, <laughs> I'll say it again. I hope you don't tire me saying it because I'm going to keep saying it. But this is the end. This is how it ends. This is the way it will end, and this is when it will end. It's the end. This is it. This is the end. This is how it ends. And the evil today is dismissed with this Gedaliah naivete, because, no, I... The government wouldn't do that. The medical community wouldn't do that. I really did it now. i got nothing to lose, so I'm just going to go for it. (laughs) That's Ishmael. The evil of Ishmael, alive and well today. And I would just lastly say this, and we'll bring it in for a landing. If you're a Gedaliah, First of all, we love you. Bless your heart. <laughs> we love being around you. You're the kind of guy we want to have over for dinner. Uh, don't have Ishmael over for dinner. <laughs> that didn't work out too well. But you're the kind of guy we want to hang out with, fellowship with. But your greatest asset can become your greatest liability. Your greatest strength can become your greatest weakness. And this is what Paul wrote to the Corinthians. He said, be careful if you think you stand. This is 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I think. Be careful if you think you stand lest you fall. Why would Paul say that? Because we tend to fall in the areas that we think we stand the strongest in. Why? Because we think, hey, I've got that area under control. So we let our guard down. The enemy's like, all right, let's do this. But we tend to shore up the areas that we're weak in, at the expense of the areas that we're strong in. So our strongest strengths, assets, can become our greatest downfalls. Ask Peter about that, by the way. How did Peter fall when he denied Jesus? He fell in the area of courage. Are you kidding me? Courage was Peter's middle name. He had the courage to tell Jesus in that storm on that boat, bid me come, and he stepped out of the boat walked on water. That's Peter. Courage. How about when they arrested Jesus? He had the courage to take on the entire Roman army, even taking out his sword and cutting off the ear of Malchus. That's courage. I think the Hebrew word is chutzpah. I know I spit on the communion elements. Get these from these tables over here. I need to make my point. Thanks for bearing with me. Be careful if you're a Gedaliah, because you are very vulnerable. Because your weakness is that you trust. Because you're one who can be trusted. Your weakness is you think everyone's honest because you are one who is honest. Your weakness is that nobody could be that evil because you yourself are pure. And I'm telling you, it could cost you your life. Literally. Be careful, Gedaliah. We love you, but be careful. Because that's how it will end for you. Verse 16, then Jehanan the son of Karaya and all the captains of the forces that were with him took from Mispah all the rest of the people whom they had recovered, really rescued from Ishmael, the son of Nathaniah after he had murdered Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the mighty men of war and the women and the children and the eunuchs whom he had brought back from Gibeon. And verse 17, they departed and dwelt in the habitation of Chimham, which is near Bethlehem, as they went on their way to Egypt, because of the Chaldeans. Why? Because they were afraid of them. Why? Because Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, had murdered Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, whom the king of Babylon had made governor in the land. So you understand what's going on here, right? They are terrified, and rightfully so, because now when Babylon, when Nebuchadnezzar hears that this Ishmael guy murdered the governor that he appointed over Judah, only chaos will ensue. And now, I mean the chapter ends with a series of events that will unfold in the end because of what happens here at the end. And we're going to, Lord willing, three more chapters... Yeah, we just did it. We'll do it again. But again, they have to go together because what we're going to see is God again warning them, Jehanan in particular, don't go to Egypt. You're making a decision, a life and death decision based on your fear of the Chaldeans and Egypt is a type of the world, and they felt they would be safer in Egypt than they would be if they remained in Judah.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. If you're enjoying these teachings in the book of Jeremiah, we encourage you to continue following through this series with us and to read on your own, too. God may reveal some things to you that you'll find interesting. In Spirit and Truth is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of In Spirit and Truth, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're at our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor JD. He also gives prophecy updates weekly that touch on the things happening right now. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor JD. You can find service times and directions on our website. Once again, that's com. If you'd like to access any of these things on our mobile app, you can do that too. Go to the resources tab on our website. You can download from there. That's com. Thanks for listening today to this teaching in the book of Jeremiah. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor JD has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. But until then, be thinking about what you heard today, what it meant for the people then and what it means for you today in the here and now come learn what's coming up next here on in spirit and truth
1: to you. la la, la.